This podcast is brought to you by Overtake Motorsport. Hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of WTHK. This is a podcast brought to you by Overtake Motorsports. And my name is Pedro Dorantes, joined once again by both halves of the Hunt Brothers. The soon to become an American teacher, Chris Hunt, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, yes, as uh, Pedro was alluding to there, I might have uh, might have got a job offer from the States and visa pending. I'll be speaking in a slightly different accent in future uh, episodes of WTHK. But for now, I will still remain a British accent speaking person. But yes, I'm not doing too badly. Thank you. Howdy, everyone. How are you doing, Alex? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how I can come back from any of that. I'm just going to. Yep. Let you do the next bit. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got to ask something. Pedro, host of this podcast, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty fine. It was a fun week. Our, uh, the coach of our local soccer team got sacked. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> fun week. <laughs> See, half my week was spent at the training grounds just trying to find out what was going on. <laughs> and I was told I'm supposed to... Uh, call a baseball game uh next week so i'm pretty happy about that oh nice nice so shall we begin with the topics of the day we shall but i've just got just to point out that we are watching fp2 live and there has just been a a spinner spin spin i'm slightly behind you guys in this one because right now i'm watching uh the alpine go through the corners and it all seems absolutely fine alonso's a little bit off in the first sector does a little bit of a slide in the second part of the second sector but it all seems okay so far i'm ahead of you both because i'm on the tv broadcast but i think you two you're interneting aren't you so you're going to be a little bit behind Mm. i'm interneting i got bro oh okay i've got an i've got a new phone with a much bigger screen and i normally obviously i used to watch um Normally watch F1 through the TV. Oh, and there he goes. It's the Haas. Um, so I must say, I'm really enjoying my phone's new screen. This is wonderful to watch in the background. Back to the F1. Um, ha- um, Magnussen has basically just done a Bottas. I love how he's not give zero fucks about your screen. <laughs> yeah, don't care. He's, he's done a Bottas, but not dumped it in a wall. This isn't a material podcast, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I got a point yeah. one thing. I ha- I haven't watched any racing uh, so far because it seems uh, schedules just they, they just don't work with my time zone. They're either in the middle of my shift or in the middle of the night. It doesn't work. The first thing that just jumps uh, into my eye is the shit ton amount of blue, and I oh, hate blue. It. Yeah, everywhere. It's, I it's... fucking hate it. It's not as offensive as Paul Ricard. I mean, I'll say that, but it is... No. For what I was expecting, like, of course, when you see my, uh, Mercedes, uh, for those of you who aren't aware listening, obviously have come out with a ridiculously over-the-top Miami-coloured rear wing, which is lots of multicolours and party vibes. I'm kind of surprised they stuck with one kind of generic-ish looking blue the entire time. It's a weird one. I know we got, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll be discussing the marina later, and they're going for a whole beach vibe. But I'm surprised they stuck with that so massively. It's a weird, aesthetic choice. I get the feeling it's being a tropical climate, they've got to go for quite a light colour because you've got to try and make the venue feel a bit cool. What happened? I don't know. What's going on there? There's um, the Aston Martin always spinning into uh, the McLaren. Oh, yes. Yes, that's Vettel um, almost dumping it into Grand Joe. You know what it is, guys, and I hope I hope Chris gets this in a couple of months because you know he's moving away to this side of the world. Um, all this thing is a reference to the Miami Dolphins and their stadium. Oh, and that's where they had the um the massive intro on Wednesday, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And if you go inside that stadium, that same shade of blue, which is funny because that's not even the shade of blue from the you know the team colors, it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's an interesting one. Yeah, this is the, this is the fucking stadium. Um, <laughs> fucking stadium. It, it's Hard Rock, isn't it? Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. Hard Rock yeah. Stadium. Yes. Makes hard it a beautiful stadium. tennis court, but not a nice uh, football stadium. Interesting, and um, we are yet to decide whether or not it's a good backdrop for an F1 track. <laughs> 
It's 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 a bit too did, did plain almost. Say Did Leclerc just crash? No, Leclerc had an engine issue. He almost crashed, but didn't in that little 14-15 chicane thing. Uh, Sainz uh, crashed earlier in the session for the second for the second bit in a row. Uh, uh, did he crash in the third first race session? in a row? Uh, third, well, yeah, obviously. Third event um, in a row. Um, but yeah, did um, did Sainz crash in the first practice session, or was that a mechanical failure? I was not Wait. watching. I'm I'm not really sure. I know Never the um the first, the first the he didn't finish the first sector. I don't know if it was a crash straight out now as the second one was, and in this session. I don't remember that. I mean, I wasn't 100 watching it, but hmm. I don't remember Sainz having any issues in FP1. Could be he, wrong. He, he retired from the session, didn't he? He got a puncture. Oh yes, he spun. No, he got. He came back out on mediums. Oh, okay, all right. Yes, so he spun it at turn four, epically high speed, wasn't it? And just punctured the tire by having his tires locked up so long. Now that I is know he, worrying. This is a, a problem about this is that signs. The start of the season was very good. Obviously, not as good as the Clares. This is the sort of thing he doesn't really need to happen right now. I'm not saying it's going to, it might dent his confidence in some way, not to the extent it's going to throw off his season, but just because the deficit of points that are, that are being created now, it's going to be unsurmountable after a while. And if he's not confident in the car going into this weekend, this is where he needs a bit of a comeback. Because right now, Russell is only nine points behind him or something, something intense. And Russell, who's just finished the session in first, by the way, listeners, um, this could be a session where, sorry, it could be a season where through almost no fault of his own in some aspects, science just gets bogged down completely. And I rate the guy. I think he is a fantastic driver. And I, I still think on occasion he can take it to Leclerc, but we're not seeing anything of that so far. And the issue is, if you go into the season five races later and he's like 70 points off or something ridiculous, which is not too far off now, that's really going to... We we know what Ferrari are like as team players. <laughs> you used the phrase team player incorrectly. <laughs> you know well, you know what the Ferrari like is like as individual players. <laughs> there we go, there we go. That's more like it. <laughs> I, I get yeah, it, guys. I get it. How do we feel about the build-up to the entire Grand Prix? I'm not on... I'm not... I'm not on this hype train other than the fact that it's a race at a new track. That's the only hype I've got. I'm not, it, I don't care. It's in Miami. Not particularly. I don't get all the buzz around it with the artwork, just the celebrity net filled nature of it. It's basically just Monaco in that sense. I'm just not on the hype train. I don't see the hype of, Ooh, Miami. I just don't get it. That's not to say people shouldn't get it. It's just, I don't, I'm just not there. You don't get it. Does it annoy you, or is it just something that you just don't get? It is stuff like that. Much like it's, it's the Monaco thing. It's the existence sport always has, so I don't have a problem with it because it's nothing new. It's just in a new place, and it's 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 not. It's probably overhyped in fairness, but then this is what happens when you have an American media company getting their first new race in America. Mm. It's it's inevitable. It's what I think most F1 fans were willing to accept when they came in back in 2017. So mm. it's not every race. It it may end up being a good race, in which case even better. But it's yeah, it's part of F1. F1 has always had glamorous bits and just the high life element to it. So they've just found Monaco of the US, as it would appear. Mm. As uh, someone who is going to be seeking, uh, who has currently been seeking employment and been accepted for seeking employment in the United States, I must personally advocate that this is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to the sport. Um, I think the second race is long overdue. A third race is also going to be incredible, and maybe just make the entire race, uh, just make the entire season in America. I think there's nothing that could possibly go wrong there. Uh, in all seriousness, brown nose. Um, <laughs> I want that job. Uh, in all seriousness, though, um, I'm a little bit jaded on this. Yes, new track, very exciting. Miami, huge location to do a race in, obviously. I mean, there's, there's so much history for, like, different parts of pop culture there. Absolutely. But the only reason it's this big is because they're trying so hard to sell F1 in the United States. Uh, if this was any other country, if this was any other uh, circuit, it would be getting hype, but nowhere near the way they're publishing it because they are 
dying to make F1 a thing in the States because of the market there. And yeah, it's, it's working well. I mean, Austin has been a fantastic ambassador for the sport for the last 10 years. A big profile place like Miami is going to be good. Las Vegas next year, which frankly is absurd, is going to bring in viewership. Um, they are doing it just so people will watch F1 in America. And the issue is, I, I said the word earlier, jaded. That's what this is. This is a publicity, like the thing, like we saw, there's, there's certain seats on the track where it's, a, it's like a beach scene by a bar. If you actually sit down on the seats there, you can't see the track, but that's not for people who want to see the racing. Those are for the Instagram influencers who are going to take pictures of their amazing time and get the word out. They know exactly what they're doing. The people who are playing grands and grands for those seats are going to do their job perfectly and it's all going to go swimmingly. It's just a shame that it's so blatant. Like, I know they got Mario Andretti to do some of the commentary. I know they're bringing some high-profile people, but this is just an, this is just advertising. And while I'm not necessarily against it, it does mean that everything I see this weekend is taken with a slightly different viewpoint. It's it's tacky. That's a word that I would use. Mm. That's probably fair. I can see that. Yeah. It, it's tacky, and you sort of cross the line from advertising. And to me, this happened last night. Well, last night in my time zone with the entire crop top thing. Yeah, um, I was actually talking from to an American. publicity stunt to a complete ridicule. Yeah, I was talking to an American friend about this. Um, she currently leads our, our, our Formula One fantasy league, despite having never watched the race. Um, she, um, I showed the, this picture and she's like, oh, that's James Corden. He's the um, gay British comedian, right? And I was like, no, <laughs> bizarrely, bizarrely enough, he's not. And she's like, yeah, but look at him. He's got these two like gay guys behind him. I was like, those are the drivers. And she's like, what? <laughs> so for trying to get fans into F1 is like, what, what are they trying to portray here? Obviously, I know James Corden is retiring from the Late Late Show and this is going to be a skit. And he'll be like, hey guys, I've got you some new racing overalls. God. <laughs> hey, I've got you some new racing overalls and that's the joke. But the issue is, for people who've seen this for the first time, like what? <laughs> like what's, like, obviously, uh, in a sport where we have had very, very, well, no officially gay uh, like people coming out, uh, we had no Formula One drivers who come out as gay in the sport. To then present present it in such a way, which is clearly being phrased out in this way, let's be completely honest. It runs a weird mix because, like, where do you like? What is the message they're trying to portray here? Like, obviously, I know it's going to be for a skit, and these are just publicity photos to get everyone's attention. But it seems like it's pitched wrong. And in some ways, not pitched respectfully, to be completely honest. I mean, I don't know what it is. I, I, it's, there's something about that and the way they're like, okay, we have to get the news out of it in whatever way we can. It's as you say, it's, I'm, I'm not going to say tacky for this instance. Fake boats, fake marina, yes, tacky. In this instance, it just seems desperate, almost in a way. I think that is the definition of overdoing it, by the sounds of it, as we were alluding to earlier. It very much sounds like there's going for just too much I think is the point you were getting at earlier was it mm, yeah oh yeah so, yeah and that, that I think the James Corden thing probably is the the epitome of that yeah in I the think, sense think... that it's probably going to do some harm as well as doing good I mean the harm being for people who like F1 like we do obviously this isn't an event this, this is this going to seem to sound weird to say this isn't an event for F1 fans. Uh, with those prices and those views, this is not an event for F1 fans. That's but for people who, have, people who have like a step in the history, the fact we have like no uh, representation of that kind of form on up at all until this point, and now it's been done for a skit on a late night show, that's kind of jarring, personally. I don't, I don't know why. That just robs me the wrong way, I think. Yeah, it's, it's an event for F1 fans, but not for the core of it. Hmm. It's it's meant oh, yeah. again. It seems like every single show I, I I throw shit at Drive to Survive fans, but it seems completely targeted towards them. While at the same time, it essentially forgets forgives people like you two guys and myself. That oh. is that's a, that's a hit I'm willing to accept on the basis. You know, we've got twenty three races. It's as a percentage, this race is an awful lot less than it was in the nineties. So, but I'm happy to have the odd hit like that. I'll take that. As long as you keep the spars and the Hoganheims of this world. Yeah. Because you start getting rid of all that lot and just having races like this, you're going to get a lot of old F1, not old, but 
old as in have been watching five plus years, that's going to turn a lot of them off. Because mm. I can deal with this. This is fine. I'm, I'm all right, Miami. It's it's a one-off as as it currently is. Extra hype and all that sort of stuff. But as long as you've got the Silverstones, even Zanvoort, Monza, Spa all hanging around as well, Montreal, then I'm good with it. Well, the, the fact as well, they factored Imola back into the calendar for a few more years. Uh, bringing back some classic tracks, that that floats... I, I know, obviously, you're going to... Obviously, it's not the, the most classic of tracks, but it, the fact it's a track that has history and heritage and actually can provide some good racing, as we saw, that's going to help mm, as well. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my issue with Imola is it's if you, all the tracks in Europe to bring back. Why did you bring that one back? Hockenheim exists. Mm. It's right there. Magnicore exists as well. That'd be great fun in these cars. Better than Paul Ricard. What's the deal with Hockenheim? I mean, they still have financial trouble. Wasn't that their point? I, I think that's um I, I believe it's a money issue. I don't I don't think the circuits about to go bust, but it's just not gonna be able to afford. If I recall it's a hell of it's a hell of a lot of it's a hell of a lot of financial trouble because the last race actually had to be pretty pretty much bought out by um uh, Mercedes to actually for it for it to actually run, right? Yes, but I think the track itself is fine. I think the issue is trying to pay for F1. Yeah. Because all yeah. tracks pretty much make money. It's just when you start, pay, instead of people paying you to use their track, and you start paying people to, and, you know, instead of people coming to you to pay to use your track, as most series do, F1 is the other way around. So you're suddenly paying out 10, 20 million odd dollars, possibly close to 30, 40 million at the moment. And it just it kills most bank balances for most circuits. The reason Silverstone can get away with it on the base, it's got so much other stuff going around and it's got the BRDC which fund it. I think that I there, there was a, a beautiful sweet point in the early 2010s where Germany was switching between Nürburgring and Hockenheim every year. That was, yeah, that was glorious. Good. I loved that. Was that. Nice. that was the absolute best. I did like that concept, having if you've got a country that has more than one race and both are legendary tracks, then I'm more than up for that. Yeah. I think France could do that very well. I think the US could probably do that, actually, to be fair. That's something he needs to do. Because mm. to have Las Vegas, Miami, and Cota as the three would be a bit dull. Especially only, especially as only one of them is actually a purpose-built racetrack. Yeah, that's the problem. Because yeah. it's it's not like you're going to Long Beach, which has all the history. You've got Miami, which has no history for F1, particularly when Springs just down the road. And then you've got Las Vegas, which has a history of two very silly races in a car park at a casino. Hmm. Although, yeah. ironically, I'm more hyped for Las Vegas than I am for Miami. Oh, I'm, I'm fearing... Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm fearing that Las Vegas next year is going to be this to the absolute limit. Like, yeah, this, but is be, this is going to be I'm this, but all in. <laughs> Gambling. Um, yeah, I, I think you'll find Chris. That's not gambling. That's poker. You gamble in poker. You're doing it. No, you don't. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. In fairness, it's a Saturday night race, and someone's going to get pissed about that. But they shouldn't because F1 has done it multiple times on Saturdays. Yeah, but name, not in name NASCAR three. territory. Hmm? Not in NASCAR I, I, territory. One of you, Pedro, go first. They have never done Saturday night races on NASCAR territory. That's because NASCAR has a much richer heritage than Formula One. On the US, it does. <laughs> so Alex is stunned silence. <laughs> the problem, the problem is NASCAR, and uh, there, there is a strong argument to say NASCAR does just as much. Oh, what was the word you used? What? What's your heritage. words? What heritage as F one? Yeah, because you think if you think about if you ignore just the the concept of ooh they turn left, <laughs> if you look back at the history of NASCAR, it's just as full as F one. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's it. Wasn't it's it underrated? It was. Was it moonshine running in like the twenties or something? They took the cars. Forties was it? Forties. Yeah, there's a yeah. huge stuff about that, and I, I I've seen like I was I, I was watching a thing about the um. I think the first time they raced at IndyCar or something like that, and oval racing was already like uh, sorry at um, the Indianapolis, like oval racing was already a significant thing by that point. It already had its like history made for it. Like I, I just love the concept that NASCAR. I think was it 1949 the first season 
I think something like that, that one of the first races was in Daytona, but not on a track on the damn beach. Yeah. That's just <laughs> epic. 45 on up. the beach. One by Pablo Roberts. That was it. Nice. I know that. Man. Yeah, that's I just love the concept that if we're gonna go racing here, where are we gonna do it? We can't use roads. Let's use a beach. Go on. I love like the I like the, the somewhat strange comparisons of like um, obviously some motor racing motor racing in Britain was done in perimeter tracks of disused World War Two airfields, mm-hmm. and it's basically just I love how both series are funded on well we can race here, and no one's really going to stop us. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If we run over a lamb or two or run over a crab, it'll be fine. <laughs> Welcome to nineteen forty eight. Yeah, it's just fantastic. We got five minutes, guys. I don't know if you want to keep it going or just end the year. We got five minutes to talk about the fake marina. Okay. I think we can get through that in that time. I might say so. Just discussing the terribleness of the. I'm going to go back to what Pedro said: the tackiness of the uh, Miami Grand Prix, Mm -hmm. the marina, the created marina, which wasn't previous marina. marina. Aquamarina. Um, exactly. I I don't mind the concept, but Jesus Christ, the execution! My God, it's, I, it's I'm everywhere. starting to I'm starting to wonder if it was a deliberate ploy to make memes. Like, was this something they did deliberately badly so that people are like, hey, they gonna make jokes about this? This is gonna spread like wildfire because you can't plan something that bad, surely. <laughs> There is a suggestion that um, I think Autosport did an article saying that the people who thought of the marina, they're going, well, we, we're not taking ourselves seriously. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? And then, boom, Instagram everywhere. And you know what? If they've done that fully on purpose, as in all of it's on purpose and it's a bit tacky and it's quite obviously going to make news, well done. <laughs> I, I absolutely believe that because I know for a fact that some of the people involved in designing the entire um what's the word i'm looking for not the track but the theme outside the track you know stuff like the green and that sort of stuff work for the miami dolphins and when your team is as bad as the fucking miami dolphins (laughs) you gotta make something to just make fun of yourself and get people into your social media Hmm. so i I, I'm a bit of a noob in this one which which one's miami dolphins what sports that NFL, football, American football. Oh, and they are crap, are they? Yes, and their social media team is actually really clever in turning them into from losers to funny losers, so people laugh at them. Okay, fair play. So what you just said right there, I, I, I truly believe that was completely unbelievable. Um, and I will, if that is the... And I, I don't see why they wouldn't do it, and, if, and they have planned this as it is, then well done. Because this is probably one of the biggest non, probably the biggest off-track F1 story for a while, that there's a fake marina which doesn't even have water in it. Well, that's the it's thing fantastic. That it's, also, it's also the biggest. It's the biggest story off-track that's not actually harmful. Like p- the people are even, paying. Yeah. The people are paying tens of thousands of those boats aren't going to care. The people like yeah. us who are sitting at home watching it are having a great time laughing about it. And the people who are broadcasting it are just, you know, lying on the floor doing fake breaststroke and getting more material out of it. It is bizarrely a win-win situation. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it's gone for it. I thought at one point it was going to be horribly stupid and it was just going to be useless. It has now become something of an event within the event. When we come back here next year, I'll be disappointed if there isn't a fake marina with fake There's water. no harbour. <laughs> What's happened here? The thing I love is that also, I love how other social media sites are adopting it. Brands Hatch, um, they they photoshopped a giant marina down yeah. the first corner. Like, hey guys, we decided to do this. <laughs> and everyone's like, ah, I love it. So fun, even like random, even random tracks almost 4,000 miles away are actually gaining something from it. Yeah. Well, the incredible uh, aura of this fake <laughs> marina is not only changing Formula One, it's changing motorsport as a whole. If something deserves the Lazarus Award, it's a bloody fake marina of Miami. <laughs> we saw that coming. Final thought, guys, before we close up this first session of the show. 
now I laugh at it, but the first time I saw it, that they were gonna they weren't gonna put water on it, I was disappointed because I, I yeah. saw the pool paint them. Okay, that's the floor of the entire you know the pool section, and they put nothing on it. Yeah, I'd kind of like the I'd like the idea of just having an actual beach in there, just having an actual beach in the track and just see what happens and enjoy it and hope it leaks a little bit just for a bit of fun when nothing's happened by lap thirty. Yeah. I like I like the idea of the marina. I thought with with water that'll be a cool little thing that I will probably be very it'll be very easy to ignore. Um, what it's turned into, of course, is far exceeded what I thought it would be. I spent far, far much more time thinking about that than I possibly thought I would. But I thought it was just a unnecessary show of wealth and stuff. Um, but I'm I'm actually glad it's become what it has. It's been quite fun. Now we gotta talk about the other open wheel racing over in this side of the world. Yours uh, soon to be Chris's side of the world as well. Um, <laughs> IndyCar had a pretty good race last week. Yes, the uh, Grand Prix of Alabama. Yes, sir. Hmm. Your thoughts on the race, guys? Good. Not uh, not what I'd call thrill a minute, but a good race. It was one of the races. I'm still upset. I'm yeah. genuinely upset by that. He's going for, the- was, he was pushing for sixth place, looking mm-hmm. like he could have been potentially getting top five, and then he Dumps it. I, l- I love that the Islet fan is like, yeah, it was all right. Not for a minute. <laughs> the first thing I it. really loved it. <laughs> I think yeah. it's the issue is it's um I don't want to put Islet into a corner here. I do think Kala Islet is a very talented driver, but there's been shades of this for quite a while. I mean Silverstone in the F2 is oh he does, yeah. This is yeah. Yeah, there's been a few times where he's been in a very good position and just bins it. Um, the, the the example I was talking about, which was a uh, 2020 uh, Silverstone. Yep. Um, basically, he was running, I think, in the lead or a second or third. Running he in was the in the lead. Coming through Vale and for no reason whatsoever, essentially just spun his car on exit and the car stalled and that was it, race over. And wasn't under pressure, wasn't under any circumstance that would lead that to happen. It just happened. And it's obviously, obviously something he's going to need to work on because he's been doing well in IndyCar so far, but he needs a result especially i don't want to compare him to roman grosjean not in a in talent or skill or um or prestige but having grosjean doing so well the up and coming should be f1 driver should be pulling off at some point similar results i wouldn't be surprised if there's a podium if he's if it's on a road course it won't be on a street course and it won't be an oval unless he gets very lucky i think if on a road course because what we've got left We've got Portland, haven't we, near the end of the season? Got Laguna Seca and a couple of others. Oh, Road America as well. I feel like that's where he's going to get a properly good result. It should be where he has the advantage. Uh, Obviously, with ovals so far, we've not really seen anything. Uh, I mean, the previous oval race, he was pretty much out of it the entire time. It was Um, solid, though. Did he finish 16th or something? No, although it was a decent race for a rookie. Yeah, but... Yeah, the, the place he's going to have the advantage of the, the which he showed this weekend are the um, street circuits. And yeah, he needs a little bit more than that just to really yes. settle it. No, road course. Um, road course, sorry. Road course, sorry. It's, I think, the indie race on the road, yes. the indie road course will be good for him as well because that's pretty right. simple and is he's got experience on the track because he pulled that rather audacious move in a Ferrari whilst doing a GT race last year. Wasn't that where Grosjean got his first podium? Was the Indy Road Course last year? Maybe I think he got. Did he? Yeah. Did he get pole or was it just a podium? There was his podium. Yeah, didn't get pole. Hmm. Speaking about Grosjean, how do you guys feel about his late move in the race? Well, I thought the first part was fine. Got it a bit wrong. Little contact. Fair enough. Second one was weird, but I don't. <laughs> I can't work out if it was malicious or not. I don't think it was. I think it's just him being an idiot as opposed to him. Yeah. Grosjean isn't someone... Grosjean doesn't drive into people with malicious intent. He drives into people because he's having a bit of a brain fade. Yeah. As he has done for many years. When I saw saw it, when it happened, obviously you get caught up being like, well, they touched, well, they touched again. Now, when you see the first one, it's the second half an ambitious move which to be fair IndyCar sometimes kind of plays up to like we saw it in Laguna Seca they love that move at the end um, the first one yeah was just contact from racing the second one when the radio came up he's like hey he did that deliberately I don't think he deliberately caused contact I think he basically just as you say just had a brain fade moment 
I don't know why he didn't turn. I, I wouldn't say he turned into uh, is Rahal, wasn't it? I wouldn't say he yes. turned into him, but he should have turned. I don't really understand why or not. I, he had a decent run. I don't know what was going on there. I can understand why Graham was so pissed. I can completely understand that. I don't think it was a malicious hit. I don't think it was a deliberate turning into the side, Schumacher, Vilner style, something like that. I think it was just a, just a stupid moment. Um, worth a penalty? I think possibly not. Like, just not worth a yeah. penalty, but that shouldn't be promoted. That was a very bizarre incident, and I really can't justify it. The second bit, at least. The first bit, I completely understand. The second touch, why he didn't move into the acres of space he had, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I, I can't quite get the logic of what he was trying to do, but it's he wasn't trying to drive into him. He, I think he's misjudged something somewhere, whether it's the size of the track and how or how quickly Rahal was going to move back over just to follow the line of the track. It's just, yeah, no penalty required. No driver got harmed by it. And the pass at the end of the race had nothing to do with the contact. So yeah. the natural justice element it's it's already done there was no penalty for either because nothing happened yeah in terms of how affecting you, the race how about you pedro how does it sit with you part of me thinks he was trying to pull out a nascar kind of move which it, it's done in indycar they share that same thing from time to time he was just trying to move him out of the way and he never moved mm. and in america oh, so- i think that that's that's completely fair and square as long as I don't crash the other guy out, that's that's fine. Interesting. There's a, there's a bit of a difference. I feel like I understand that process, but there's a different. There's a bit of a difference between stock cars and open wheel cars, like the way the cars behave. Like we saw, um, oh, who's uh, Hertz's spin? Like one tap on the front wheel of the opposition car, and that's it. The car's gone. Like that's the sort of thing you probably could have got away with that in a NASCAR race. Colton, I'm going to F1, Herter. Mm-hmm. Colton, yeah. oops, what am I doing? Spinning again. Herter. Careful, Callum Eilot fan. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Who's, who is the golden child of IndyCar? The golden child of F- American F1? The F1? race winner, Pato Award. Yes. <laughs> In F1. fairness, you were going to say, I know we were talking about um, uh, how you thought the race was. I've not seen many IndyCar races where it was going to build up to something happening and it happening on track and then that being it being said and done it's like you get an f1 a lot you have to build up the tension when uh, Rina, uh when vk and uh pato went into the pits together and came out that was thrilling that yes. was absolutely fantastic and i didn't expect uh award to make the move that quickly out of the pits i that genuinely shocked me yes i gotta agree hmm. and this is this is the argument for no f no tire warmers in f1 because O'Ward got his tyres working much quicker, and that is a skill. And could you imagine that in F1 where you've got Leclerc and Verstappen come out the pits together and whoever can get the tyres working quickest will be able to overtake? That would be epic fun. Mm, absolutely. There's many things F1 can learn from IndyCar. That's one of them. Yeah. I think uh, going back to Pato quickly, uh, deserved race winner, obviously. Uh, nice to see after all the contract disputes, which I was worried was going to start getting ugly. This seems to be quite a nice breaking point because he's, he's made it clear he wants his future to be in IndyCar. Can't say I blame him. Uh, and with McLaren as well. I mean, that seems to be a pretty run, a well-run organisation at the moment. Um, I think the race performance over was quite good. Surprised about Alex Pelosi thing in. Where did he come from? did this most of last year. He just appears. Mm. He won a, did he win Indy? Or was he second? He got a massive points for Indy. Did he end up? No, he didn't win it because it was Cash Nevers. Well, I think he came... I think he got second or third and got a massive load of points and from then on just kept doing a Dixon. Going to finish here. Podium, fifth, podium, fourth, podium, win, podium, fourth. Doing a Dixon, you call it? Doing a Dixon. (laughs) Because that's what Scott Dixon does. I'm confused. Uh, It's funny because it's true, yeah. That's that's what I laugh. Hmm. I I just never thought about it that way. Hmm. It, it is the Scott Dixon playbook, basically. Oh, mm-hmm. Absolutely right. Yeah. But no, nice little race, tidy, tidy little race. It's a, a very good, nice race to sit down and watch. Um, I was very much intrigued about how it's running between the um, the two stoppers and three stoppers, because obviously they're waiting for that caution, which eventually did happen um, because of a certain individual. Uh, but it's interesting how in that aspect, how 
much of a change there is after something happens. Um, I thought that I, I, it was just a really nice race to watch. It's just a good little race. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really fun to watch. I think that's probably one of the better races you're ever going to get out of Barber. As, as it looks like a great fun track to drive, but in terms of overtaking opportunities, there's one, they possibly have, two. They've got a terrible arachnid problem. There's a massive one just crawling up the side of the track the entire time. So get I know. Well, they gave it a name, didn't they? Call it was it this corner's Charlotte's Web or something, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's Charlotte's Web's corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not only do we have the arachnid, we're going to reference it directly. Yes. <laughs> But the, um, of course, we're now in the run-up to the Indy 500. Uh, obviously, Montoya's coming back for that. Um, looking rather bizarre in that McLaren outfit, not going to lie. Uh, we had the Indy road course first, but yeah, the Indy 500 is now the run-up to is I love how they like the month of May, because obviously that's the Indy, Indy 500 month. I assume we're going to do a prediction for that, because I assume we're going to watch that race. I'm planning on it. Uh, what day is the road course race? Uh, uh, that's two weeks' time. Two weeks' no. time and then the... No, no, no. One week's time because it was two weeks when the last race was done. So it'll be next okay. Sunday. Yeah. I'll actually be in the States to watch the Indy 500. <laughs> Are you going back that soon? I'm going back in um, uh, two weeks' time. Then then if you're there, you're going to watch something that's incredible. And I've, it, it always baffled me. Um, for the last 10 years or so, even when, uh, when IndyCar was at, at its lowest point financially, with a single engine manufacturer, every car was Honda. People tune into that race and only that race. It, it was like only watching the Super Bowl without knowing who the teams were. Yeah. And that's that's the bizarre thing. I'm staying with a friend. And I was like, hey, I, I granted I forced her to watch the Australian Grand Prix. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, the, and she, she brought up herself, oh, the Indy 500 is going to be on. We're going to have to watch that. I was like, oh, I didn't know you liked Indy Car. She's like, I don't. Well, I watched okay. the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. And it's such a peculiar thing. We don't have anything really. Well, maybe the maybe the, the rowing race with Cambridge and Oxford in Britain, but no, that's the thing. They just watch that race every year, and it's just what they do. And it's absolutely fascinating. Like she's like, "Yeah, I've got races, some race day snacks planned." Uh, and I was like, "Oh, so who do you want to win it?" She's like, "What driver?" <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's very much it's very much like uh, the triple crown in in horse racing, which is funny enough, actually, in May, there's many, many people that just watch those three races just for watching horses run. They just pick the big, the, the nicest name out of the bunch, and that's the one they want to win. Mm. We have the same with the Grand National. Yeah, Grand National and the uh, the uh, what the Royal Ascot. Uh, that or Cheltenham. Yeah. So actually, it's interesting. A similar thing. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. though. like. No one gives a crap about horse racing apart from these particular events. And this is, um, you say you're right with the Super Bowl. That's another very good example, especially in Britain. Now, even though it's normally quite late, that's, I still see it advertised for people to watch. Um, don't think there's a lot on 24 hours. Lots of people watch yeah. that over watching the eight hours of Silverstone, that sort of thing. I watched the, um, I watched the, was it four hours of Paul Ricard? That was great. Was it four, six hours? I watched that. That was great fun. I'd have thought six, but I don't know. That was a good fun one. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Though. It's weird how some headline events just get attraction just for being headline events. I mean, they, what is it? What's the Indy 500, the greatest spectacle in motorsport? Is that what they call it? Yes. Greatest race in motorsport, isn't it? Something no, the like greatest that. spectacle in motorsport. Oh, spectacle. Oh, well done. Yeah. And the, the issue is every time I watch, I'm like, this is good. I've seen better races. <laughs> I think I, well, let's put it this way. So the Triple Crown of Motorsport is Indy 500, Le Mans 24 Hours. Well, it originally was the world champion, the F1 World Championship, but it's basically become Monaco right. Grand Prix. Which of the three races would you rather watch? Rather well, watch? Yeah. You've got the TV, you can only watch one of those races, they're all on at the same time. Which one do you watch? Because I'm picking the Indy 500 every day. Indy 500. Yeah, 500. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, that's a really good way of phrasing it. That's genuinely blown my mm. mind. And that should be the poll. That should be the poll for this week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> Which of these are you going to watch? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And this, uh, America actually has a Ford race in the Triple Crown. It's going to be Daytona 24, isn't it? No. The it's, Petit Le Mans. No, it's in the mix of it because it's, it usually shares the same 
update as the uh oh yes it does it? 500. yes uh what is it is the um something is it 600 yes it's the longest race in the nascar season the coca-cola oh, 600 at charlotte yeah. Morris Speedway. yes isn't tony stewart the only person to do both in one day or is it jimmy johnson or something he Stewart is the only one like it. in time. Tony Stewart finished the race. He had a sh- the shittiest Indy 500 of his life. And he, he ran it like six times and won three of them. And then took a helicopter. Didn't even change race suit. He got fined by it because he was racing with a completely different suit on a car with different oh. sponsors. And won the Coca-Cola 600. <laughs> nice. Jimmy, uh, no, it wasn't Jimmy Johnson. Uh, uh, who tried it? Hold on. Cue the Jeopardy music. Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch tried it. But Kurt Busch didn't make it in time to the NASCAR race. Uh, hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, it's two for one. It's, um, it's also Memorial Day weekend in the States normally, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, they, uh, I don't, well, you've seen NASCAR races, Chris. They have uh, banners with the, the driver's last name. On the yes. front of the car. That yeah. day, those banners are actually painted either in camel colors or the American flag. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised that's not standard. <laughs> uh, I would kill. Uh, I will pull up my eyes with a plastic <laughs> if, if that becomes a standard. Hmm. And they actually changed the last names. Uh, they, uh, they put uh, last names of soldiers fallen in conflict. Oh, that's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, quick thought, guys. Changing, I'm gonna change a radical change of topic, and it's a really, it's a really quick one because you got you, you guys know that I hate, I, I don't watch Formula E. What do you guys think about the new cars? Um, I don't get I, it. I'm not. I'm the, I, I think they've done themselves over with these new, the, the current generation, the Gen twos, because they look so good. Any other design was always gonna look bad. This the current the cars look are amazing to look at, amazing to watch whilst racing. They're solid, and they were always going to get. They're always going to look worse, whatever the new design was going to be. They look this like the, books, Christ. Yeah, this is this is the issue for me. I never like the Gen Two cars. I oh, really, really I really don't like how they look. I, I I don't know what it is. It looks too. <sighs> space age it looks like they're trying to push like the next generation thing i i really i when they were first released after looking at the gen one cars which i genuinely love because they're just they're just electric formula one cars i thought they looked fantastic gen two i hated the nose is too fat the wheel arches are weird the rear wing is some weird abomination of creation and then they've gone on to this and i'm not gonna lie when i first saw it my immediate thought was Elon Musk Cybertruck. <laughs> That's really what it made me think of. <laughs> and after looking at it for a little bit longer, it's basically it's more of a streamlined version of the Gen 2, I'd say, with a few differences here and there. I prefer Gen 3 to Gen 2, but it's still not a patch on Gen 1. The Gen 1 cars I absolutely adored. I thought they looked fantastic. Gen 2 detested for the longest time. Gen 3 is a slight improvement, but it's still not fantastic. I, I, I prefer it. I definitely prefer it. I think in motion, I, I'm going to have to wait until I say it in motion, because I thought the Aston Martin car looked okay for F1 this year. Then as soon as it was on the track, I was like, wow, that's lovely. Same with the Ferrari. Um, I want to see the. I want to see it in motion before I make my final decision, but I'm pleasantly surprised by what I saw, especially after, like, I don't know, what is it, Jeff? The Gen 2 Formula E car, if I saw that being held up by a string in a 1960s episode of Star Trek, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> oh whoa 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 hang on an insulting star trek there come on exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> i think you'll find it's all about sugar cubes sugar cubes and, and giant weird. hands and giant <laughs> hands that aren't attached to anything else <laughs> my god it's a mystic being no captain's formula e <laughs> <laughs> formula engage <laughs> oh god no oh no Oh no, he's mixed the two Star Treks up. Oh dear, dear. Oh, I know that's next generation. He's, insul- he's, he's insulted Formula E, he's insulted Gen 2, he's insulted Star Trek fans. He, he's done it all so far. Well, it's made the, four- it's made the fourth day recently. I had to. That is dead. Yeah, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. 
Yeah. Oh, something something we didn't discuss. A big topic. What? Alex, who won? Who won Imola? Was it Kevin Magnussen? Did Kevin Magnussen win Imola, Alex? Did yes. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, 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 that's right. <laughs> no, no, he didn't win. Not I was right, you, my friend. You were full of bullshit, and I was still disappointed. I was overjoyed at how to getting lapped by Max Verstappen, but no, Kevin Magnussen didn't win. Well, I, I think you're fine. As, as I said at the time, my prediction no, was this is, the, this is the weird there was a logic. This is the weird shitty get-out clause you had. You said, well, if it's wet the entire time, but I think, oh no, it's dry once. Oh, it doesn't count all of a sudden. Your uh, balls-to-the-wall prediction suddenly doesn't count. I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't count. I, no, my prediction was the weather was going to be wet the whole weekend and I was wrong because it didn't rain for the whole weekend. But in the wet, he was still nowhere near the pace of the starters. So you are fundamentally in every aspect wrong. You, Kevin Magnuson did a great race. Really happy for the guy. Honestly, Kev, great, great job. I know you're listening. But he was nowhere near winning that race. You have to admit you were wrong. Yes. When have I said I don't admit that? My predictions are based on the fact that I'm pretty sure if I'm being a bit outlandish, they're not going to happen. Yeah, to be, fair, to be fair, those predictions are the most fun. And also, because it, I will it, say, one day, one of them will happen. And because you, uh, Ocon won a race last year, hmm. we've had some mad results in the last few years. So one day, it may be 10 years, it may be 30 years down the line, but it will come true. And the thing is, though, I will have, I'll have to, I'll, I can only offer you nothing but respect when that happens. <laughs> um, the thing that got me, it led to one of my favorite ever Formula One text exchanges, which was on the group chat we all share. And um, Alex said, Excuse me, my logic and my prediction was sound. I was like, Yes, it was sound, but the person who made it was deaf. <laughs> and that might have been one of my favorite. No, no offense to the deaf community. How but yes, Alex. As I understand that you have turned the situation on its head. You basically got my side weird. You've just ruined it for yourself. Whatever you say in the next two minutes on this subject, I will not have anything to say but laugh in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, due to the miracle of editing, the comment I made just one second ago about giving you nothing but respect, no, Alex, that is why I'm going to formally end this conversation. Don't count. No, no, no. Alex you is now officially <laughs> laughing at nothing. Nothing I am happened. not. I am laughing at Chris's comment, and it was fantastic. No comment I think you, Ignore Alex. Them. You are laughing at. You are laughing at redacted. <laughs> <laughs> Full U.S. government. <laughs> I need predictions, guys. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna. It's a, tough, I'm... it's a tough one to call. Mercedes are looking better than normal. I still don't think they're in the shot for a race win yet as much as i'd love to see russell winning in miami i think there is a genuine question mark over the whole race when the rain comes because it's going to be it's malaysia like down there that's the thing we got well, i know there's rain predicted for qualifying i know it's incredibly hard to call for sunday well the, pro- the problem is it's, it's convectional rainfall so it can just appear Mid-afternoon, it would just appear over the track and boom, however many thousands of litres of water on the track in a minute. And having been caught in the Floridian rainstorms, they are epic. It's just all the rain for about 30 minutes, then it stops. Mm -hmm. But in that time, there's so much rain, it's just going to, yeah, it will be mental. It will be... Sepang 2009 all over again if they're not careful. If we get a red flag, you'll feel what NASCAR fans feel every time they go to Florida. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is why Homestead isn't used as often as it could be. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, come on then, Alex. Top three. I am going to... Uh, promise I can't do anything outlandish. The most outlandish one would be saying it would be a Hamilton win, well, and that's not shocking me out of the You can't do anything outlandish because we're running out of time and we couldn't. We just All right, fine. It'll be, it'll be Leclerc, Russell, Hamilton. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go for, I think, Verstappen. Uh, Verstappen, Leclerc, Russell for me. 
Pedro? Cleric, the cleric, Hamilton. And um, if it's going to rain, Latifi. Alonso. Ooh. He's been doing okay in the practice. I think he came fifth in the last practice session. So he's, there's, there's some yeah. now, I think. Well, well we need to remember the, when, the, when um, Alonso was quick in the Australian Grand Prix or qualifying. It was in the high-speed sections. It was the high-speed section in Sector 2 where he was going purple. And given most of this track is high-speed, I wonder if that Renault engine's got going to have some interesting tricks up its sleeve. Before we get a little golf, guys, um, there was a corner that was, uh, it wasn't surfaced properly. And they put, a black, they, they put black stuff on it. Is yeah. it regular pavement or is it track bike? Uh, is that regular pavement or is it track bike? You know what track bike is? I think it's track. Track bike is track. track bike is the thing that they it's essentially liquid rubber that they put yeah. on a quarter mile racetracks. And also it's the sort of thing it's fine to go over it every now and then, but if it's being used repeatedly, it disintegrates quite considerably, right? Yeah. Well, they. Yeah, I so seem yeah. to remember they used they used something in Canada in I think two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight that kind of era, and it was the final hairpin. They chucked a load of stuff on it, and it was gripless most of it, but it didn't disintegrate the track. So I can't remember what they used for that, but I think they're probably going to try and hope for the same thing again. The track bike does not disintegrate the track. It just it just sort of peels off. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure as the weekend goes on, it's not. It, it, the issue is, it's in quite a high speed, high speed spot, uh, high speed part of the track. So it could be interesting to see how that turns out. But yes, uh, the fact they've had to repair it already is. Well, let's face it. We, we we're expecting some sort of Miami fuck up at some point this weekend. That might that might have been it. Yeah, I agree. Also, the one element that could be interesting is the track is a bit dodgy. It's the it is one of them, one of the areas of the track that's going wrong, is the um, corner at the end of the back straight. So there's going to be a load of overtaking and it's going to be with a track that's potentially, potentially disintegrating, which could be interesting. Please remind our listeners um, about the poll for the episode. Uh, so the poll we're doing is if you had to uh, watch one of the three of the, uh, oh, sugar lumps, uh, the crown. Triple crown. The Triple, Triple Crown, Crown, thank you. You had to watch one of the three of the Triple Crown of motor racing. Would you rather watch the Indy 500? Would you rather watch the Le Mans 24 Hours? Or would you rather watch the Monaco Grand Prix? Uh, I think all three of us have voted for the Indy 500. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any, any disparity in the votes from you guys. America rules. Hmm? America rules. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah, TVP. Are you listening? <laughs> oh, oh yes, I love America. That Star Spangled Banner, God, really gets me going. There you go. And the rocket's red glare. America, fuck yeah! Wait. <laughs> and on that bombshell, guys, and on the watchful eyes of CVP. Keep in mind, I live in the borderlands, so they're pretty close to me. We have to end the show. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much for subscribing, and we'll see you next. Time.